Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hi, you guys, and welcome back to TrailerCast. <laughs> I, have, I have so missed being here. It is... It was interesting to me to even see how much I crave this space, this like little tiny nook in my trailer where I get to dream and consider and reflect and think about you and just, <laughs> just respond to your questions or thoughts. And yeah, I missed it. I almost didn't even feel like I was totally myself. Do you ever have that? Like, do you have things where you're like, oh gosh, and I'm out of my routine, then it's like something, there's like a funk or it's just like, mm. I've been there. I've been like missing trailer cast. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for 2020. And in this last uh, little like lull, I've been thinking about like what's relevant, what's important, what's crucial, what needs to be here, what voices need to be here, what stories need to be here. Like what, what is trailer cast for 2020? So I have a new series I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing just taboo talks. So all the hard conversations and important conversations we need to have and we tend to not. Taboo topics, everything from diversity and inclusion, race, divorce, religion. I want to have the conversations that people don't necessarily know how to have or know how to have well. And maybe we'll just get a kick out of listening to them. I want to... I kind of want to go there, you know, like, I want to ask the questions that people are like, oh my god, I cannot believe she just asked that. And I want to be able to answer honestly and truthfully. And so I'm going to be inviting a different person for each topic. And we're going to, we're going to go to there. (laughs) That's that's what, that's what the beginning of 2020 is going to look like is pushing into the hard places and being able to learn how to ask the big questions and talk openly and honestly about about what all these different things hold for us. So just want you to know what's coming down the tubes for trailer cast. But today I am I'm gonna pick up the baton of change. This idea of what stirs in our society when we come to the new year. And people tend to start thinking about resolutions and, and what needs to get different. I'm gonna get back on track and you can kind of hear all around, there's this idea of of what I'm going to do differently. And I don't know how you're influenced by that. Um, it might even just be an interesting thing to reflect on is what happens when you see other people, whether that's in your life or on social media, when they start to do a new thing, what happens to you? Do you also want to do a new thing? Are you a kind of a go against the grain kind of person? You want to wait and see what everyone else does and then do it differently. And I I don't know. I mean, I I think we all have these different experiences that when we see someone doing something, we are influenced either to go in that same direction or to go in a totally different direction or to stand still. 
to not partake and to watch what change happens or to watch the resolutions and kind of gain our own information. But society is doing a new thing in January. We, and it's a new decade too, which is like even cooler to think about because it, what it's doing is kind of up in the ante. Like, did you see all over like Instagram and Facebook, like the 10 year challenge how people were like, Hey, this was me in like 2009. And now this is me in 2019. And, um, we create these cultural phenomenons and they are contagious. They just catch fire. All of a sudden people know what your top nine are. And there's like, there's things, right? There's these hashtags and we can kind of cluster and group social phenomenons into things that we all recognize and know and usually want to be a part of. So I'm putting this forward as an idea of let's watch what society is doing every January and how it kind of craves this internal spring cleaning. Like We tend to want uh, something to restart, to do it again or, or to think about it differently. We might even need that to remember, in fact, that it is a new year and I can do something differently and I'm waking up to this, to this new idea there it's i mean granted i live in southern california in a temperate climate so i do not have real seasons but for people who live in actual weather there is an idea that nature and what is around you speaks to this idea of a birth death life cycle and you watch what happens in winter and then the craving for spring and everything that comes along with the anticipation of waiting for the first signs of thaw of sun of warmth of flowers coming back, of of this breath, right? And, and nature is doing that, and our calendar is doing that, and we are in this cycle that is bigger than us. Are we paying attention? Are we aware of what time is doing, of what people are doing, of what nature is doing, of what part of the story that we are in as it pertains to our own type of change and evolution, What we are going to talk about today specifically is the idea of macro change versus micro change. And so macro change is just like, it's large change. It's it's what you would imagine New Year's resolutions are full of. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to start my new exercise and go back to the gym. I'm going to drink a gallon of water. I'm going to learn Spanish. (laughs) I'm going to do new things. I'm going to do these grand things. I'm going to do these big things. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to whatever, right? I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to wake up early. I, I, I mean, my feed is full of it. Just what all the new things are that people are going to do. And I think that's great. Like, I think that when people can achieve macro style change, I'm always very impressed because there's, there's an element of like commitment and uh, determination and staying the course that I just have so much respect for. And a macro change tends to get a lot of clout, right? Like when, when you like watch, you know, the show, The Biggest Loser, like when people are losing all this weight, like no one's impressed with a person who loses five pounds. Like that's not the point of the show. The point of the show is total transformation, right? It's like the guy who lost all this and got his life back. We, we look and we celebrate the massive changes that are occurring, the macro goal, but it is the micro goal, the tiny little yeses day in and day out for that person that led to the macro change. But we miss that. We miss the necessity for the micro shift, for the tiny little effort, every moment of every day that lends itself to these big macro moments. 
So what I want to talk about is, is how we can hold the macro changes, these big things we want to do, I want to fill in the blank and think about it for you. What is your macro thing you're after for 2020? And then the micro, taking a conscious sip of water, setting the alarm, actually taking the covers off and putting your feet on the floor and moving out of bed into your day. The little micro yes, the tiny, unseen, uncelebrated commitment to what is new. These micro shifts birth an integrated macro change. And what we tend to do is hold these things in duality. Macro good, micro meaningless. Macro celebrate, micro minimize. Macro, wow, that's so cool. Even might even spark envy. Micro, what's the point? I don't get it. Why are you breathing? What is this small little practice? There's no big reinforcement, right? Like when, when someone does a big thing, there's a lot of positive reinforcement people notice. And so we crave macro change. Like I'm going to chop my hair. I'm going to do this big thing, the macro, right? But when someone is slowly growing their hair out, no one's like every day like, wow, like look at your little hair growing. Like we don't look at the micro, the commitment to letting your hair grow through that awkward stage. We tend to positively reinforce macro style shift and it can become extreme and it is a part of pop culture to do this big thing. And then with dualism is we tend to put things in categories, good, bad, black, white, this is better, this is worse. Uh, you know, think about that. We do that with um, politics, with race, with religion, with uh, people, like with relationships, like um, mom versus dad. Uh, this is the kid, or, kid I was closer to, or this is my best friend and that's my this friend. Like we, we tend to separate into these categories of black and white, top dog, bottom of the barrel, um, and we we separate out and hold those things as dual, as separate. And what I want to think about is how can we join or hold a macro and micro change in a non-dual way, and a non, non-dualism, to, to understand that we need micro shifts to produce macro change. If we could hold them both together and look and see what they need from the other in order to happen. That I need the tiny yes in order to have the big macro goal. That those two are not in competition. That they need each other, that they're, that they're like symbiotic, that they're connected, that they're interdependent, and how they actually need to coexist. If we pursue macro change without awareness of the micro, we will get into extremism and extreme behavior, and we will lose the, the micro process of what is necessary to allow the macro change to become a part of who we are rather than just some big thing we do. We want to identify the macro change we want, 
And then consider what micro change is necessary to accompany that micro, that macro goal. How are they connected? What do they need from each other? How do they support each other? Okay, I'm going to give you an actual example so that it's less abstract and more concrete. Think about like nutrition. I feel like that's a really big thing that happens in January. People decide they like have like eaten like crap throughout the holidays and they just want to like go on a cleanse and do it differently, right? So whatever, that's cool. <laughs> okay, the macro goal is I'm going to eat better. Nutrition. And the tiny yeses, the micro shifts that support my macro goal are saying yes to this specific meal. Yes to this bite. This feeling of giving my body something good. The small birth of gratitude in that bite as I taste those flavors. As I inhale ability. Exhale the just pride of what it feels like to do this. Tiny affirmations, nods, secret acknowledgement of the potential for all things. The micro. It's an invitation to possibility. To all that can be. I want to try this like together. Okay, I want you to think about your macro change and the micro change needed to allow the macro to actually take place consciously and with joy. So let's think about it, okay? Some of the macro changes and you can push pause and you can think about what it is that you're you've already committed to this year or what it is you want to commit to this year. Um, some of the ones I've toyed with in the past and that I hear frequently are like, I want to have a new morning practice. I'm going to have a new exercise routine. I'm just going to make my bed every morning. I'm going to drink more water. I'll learn a new language. I want to read a book a month. When you think about what is like the big overarching macro size goal. And then with the micro, I want to think what are the tiny yeses that support the macro goal? What are the private victories, the minimalistic practices that champion the big? Okay, so let's take water, for example. If I want to drink more water, a micro goal that might support that might include like buying a water bottle I actually want to drink out of. Like, if we are without what we need in order to achieve the macro goal, it's not going to happen. <laughs> And when you have the water bottle you actually want to drink of, and maybe you have a straw. Like, I like those really big, tall Starbucks ones because I feel like, for some reason, for me, if I can drink it out of a straw, for some reason, it's more fun, right? (laughs) And therefore, more water will be drank in the process of my macro goal. But I know that. I need that little teeny pleasure, that little whatever that allows the macro to continue to take place. We, they're like, it's like micro dosing, these tiny little hits of, I like this, this is enjoyable. It's the pleasure principle of the human experience. We crave positive reinforcement. And if we can build that in to what we're trying to achieve, then we're going to sustain it because it feels good. Okay, so think about it back with the water, right? We have the macro goal of I'm going to drink more water. The micro goal is making sure I'm prepared to do so and I have all the little things. And then 
I include this behavior of good. I pair positivity with my micro change in the here and now. Macro, micro, pair the positive in the here and now. So I might pair a deep breath and a word of encouragement with, I am doing it. I can do it. I notice the full healthy feeling of drinking refreshing water. I'm filled with gratitude as I recognize I have access to clean water. I might take a drink of water and say, like, just feel like the water going into my body. This is me, my body, my good choice, my ability to give myself good things. This is a tiny yes, a moment where I am pausing to recognize that I am in my good. That I matter. That it feels good to drink this water. Right now, in this moment, I am capable of giving myself good things. You guys, we're not even drinking water. Do you, you know, we're just listening. Listen, did, did you notice something shift already? I literally am not even drinking the water and I already feel more calm. <laughs> When I even go into the practice of preparing for my positive mindset, for that positive affirmation, for that positive experience, I literally like already feel like I want to drink that good water and feel that good. So we're just talking about it, but we can notice how different we already feel when we stop. Like truly, I literally feel like, oh, I felt a big exhale. I felt more at peace, more connected to myself. Like, wow, I really can do this. More immediately aware of me as good. Did you notice anything when I was saying that? Did you, did you get thirsty? Did you, did you remember what it is like for you to take a sip of really good water and think, yeah, gosh, water would be a good goal for me. Like, do you, can, you, can you feel what happens when we begin to be influenced for the potential we have to create good? And when we pair that with a positive experience and the practice of like consciousness or, or embodiment or mindfulness, whatever words we want to use to describe practicing the present moment, something shifts and we want to continue to come back to it. You see, these, these, these things, these, these principles are all related. We set the macro goal. We hold that non-dually with micro shifts to support the big vision. And we pair the micro with positive mindfulness, with tiny yeses in the here and now. This, this is how we do more than change. This is how we become See, change must be an internal practice as well, an integrated part of who we are so that it becomes character and not just muscle. Okay, when we decide that we're going to change, we're not just flexing at each other. We are becoming something altogether different. And this comes back to the core of my mission, to the heart of what I want to do here on earth with this work, is I want people 
to see themselves, experience themselves as good, experience their worth and uncover their beautiful truth. I like, I need for this to come into the world. I need to see people see themselves accurately, to know that it is who they are and not what they do. Worth does not derive from behavior. Worth does not derive from behavior. Who you are, your good identity, that drives healthy behavior, your worth. Because we have to get this in the right order. When we are just out there practicing right action and hoping that that's going to somehow like make us something else or someone else, we've got the cart before the horse. We have to get it in the right order. Your worth does not derive from your good behavior. Your worth drives healthy behavior. When you know your worth, like your internal goodness, you're going to want to do good things. Give yourself good things. Think positively about yourself. You're not going to have to do anything. Isn't this incredible to think about? Truly, when you feel good about you, you want to engage in a good way. That is why we start with the heart. When we see that clearly, experience that inner goodness, good action flows. And we don't have to regimen this or cut back on this or do that. We just can't help but do the good thing because it flows from who we are and a genuine connection to self. It is not deprivation. Change is abundance. Change is abundant, conscious awareness of who you are in the here and now and how could you not give yourself a good thing because you're good. Do not lose yourself in the chase of who you think you should be. You already are. This is the whole thing, you guys. You are already capable You are already enough. You are already good enough. Right now, you are already smart enough, deserving enough, worthy enough. You already are. Come home to yourself. See the glory of what has always been. See, you are you, and that is your power. Your unique gift you offer back to the world. It's your brilliance, your kindness, your truth. See, in all of history, for all time, there is and will only ever be one you. (laughs) How fantastic is that? How phenomenal is that? I tell my kids this all the time because it just grips me. So Isaac, my firstborn son, I'll look at him, I'll say, Isaac, in all time, forever and always, there is only one Isaac Chase Snipes, and it's you. And you alone can live your life. You alone are going to bring something into the world, and you're the only one who can do it because you're the only you that has ever been. That is brilliant. That is so unique and so special. And you listening are someone's Isaac. You also are someone's person 
unique and special and creative and one of a kind. The invitation is for you to see that too. I want you to think of it like when you're on a road trip and do you know how disgusting the windshield gets when you've been on a road trip and you're like literally did all of the were all the bugs here did all the bugs fly to my windshield and that's life we're going down this highway we're on this road trip and man the windshield takes a hit and the work happens in clearing out our windshield and getting good visibility so we can see what is already there accurately. See, sometimes this, this means we need to repair the windshield, the crack, or patch a ding, or we need to use Goo Gun and get all those damn Trader Joe stickers off the window, <laughs> or get the windshield detailed or replaced. But listen, you're driving the car. This is your windshield. And you owe it to yourself to see clearly so you can enjoy the view. The crap that distorts our view, the stuff that's just been stuck there, That's the human experience. That's all the shit that's happened beyond your control because you were just driving and then bug and then that uh, dust and then that storm and then that this. Like, it's what happens along the way. It's painful experiences. It's hurt. It's rejection. It's it's the shit of the world, you guys. It's pollution. It's, it's, It's what happens because we're here and we're driving. And it can also be other people's shit. Do you know that? It can be other people's stuff that just, that's just flung in our windshield and then we spend so long looking at it that we actually think it's us. Our work is to determine what is ours, what is theirs, what needs to change on a macro level, micro level, so we can see clearly and keep driving. Sometimes something is on the windshield so long you start to think it's always been there. <laughs> That that's just the way the car came. Somehow, like, just the way you were made. It's not true. You are perfect. And our job is to restore you to that perfect clarity, perfect awareness and identity, so you can live out of this good truth and see things clearly, see other people clearly, see the road clearly, see other cars clearly, have perfect visibility. Because what happens, you guys, if we don't take care of our own stuff... If we don't clean the windshield, then we don't see other people accurately either. And we're going to see them through the lens of our own story. This is that saying that hurt people hurt people. That if, if my parents or your parents did their own work, then they would have seen us clearly. And we wouldn't have spent so much time wondering if we are as bad as they think. That if, if generations of people could take the time to understand how important and necessary it is to clean up that windshield so we can look out and see people as they are, not as we are. People will change when we see them clearly without our own crap getting in the way. We won't take things as personally because they're probably not about us anyway. We might be able to see what's their shit versus ours. We could respond with compassion rather than defense. We want to restore original glory. How you started, the blank slate, the beautiful tabula rasa, that beautiful 
way that you were made in this world before life started happening on this road. So that you can see people and think about like this, the way that kids do. When my kids go to the park, they see the potential for every kid there to be their friend. And you don't have to tell kids how to play together. They, they find that naturally. They know how to do that. They know who they are. Think about it through the lens of childhood. See me. Watch me. Notice me. Did you see me, Mom? Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm learning. Look at my artwork. Look at my test score. What do you think of my outfit? Do you see my hair? I think I grew last night. Look at this new magic trick I learned. Watch me. Notice me. Witness me. Observe me. See that I'm good. Catch me being good. You guys, this does not change just because we get older. We want that too. We need witnesses and we need people to help us remember who we are before all the stuff hit the windshield. So if you were with me today here in this trailer, I'd want to know where you want to start and how you want to do this. I want 2020 to be a year where we start like taking names and doing the thing. That we become less passive observers or shotgun riders, but that we get into the driver's seat of our own life. That we say, I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to get clear. I'm going to clean that up so that I can see accurately myself, others, my story, my life, what I want to do on this earth with this one wild and precious life that I've been given. I want to see it so I can step into it and be a part of it. I don't want to be a bystander. This is what I crave for people. To come fully alive in the truth, the good truth of who they are. To move out anything that distorts that. So that people can totally unlock and become exactly who they were meant to be because the world needs us to do that, to be that. There is a beautiful pay it forward concept here. The more free you get, the better everyone does around you. The healthier you get, the better are off the generations that come after you are. The more we correct, the better the legacy becomes. It's not only for you. The world buoys when we decide to float. <laughs> like When we lift, the world lifts. I, I need you to hear that. When I choose to go to therapy, when I choose to go do some intensive work, my kids reap the benefit of a woman who comes home and knows who she is so that I don't live out my past shitty childhood on the canvas of their childhood. Do you know that? It's not selfish to want to rewrite the narrative so that my kids don't have to pay a tithe for my poor experiences. I want people to know that they are wildly capable of this. We have to come back to the macro and to the micro and to positivity. My big macro thing, you guys, I want my kid's life to be so different from my childhood. I want them to know who they are and to be able to stand in the, the upright, 
take up all their space, know exactly who they are, that they are beloved, that they are good, that they are known and seen and observed, and that they are capable of going into the world that way. And they know how to recognize what is good and what is bad and what is false and what is true and who they are because their windshield is clear. And they'll know if something comes up to be like, that's not mine. That's not about me. That's macro. And so how I pursue that in the micro and the tiny little in-between moments of parenting is making sure that they know that they're being witnessed in their goodness, that I can catch them being good and say, Isaac, show me again. Practice that magic trick again. I want to see it. That I could tell Eden that she is not only beautiful, but that she is so creative and so freaking funny. And that her heart is so massive, I feel like I can just get swallowed in it. We can use our words to help shape and invite people into worlds that they didn't even know that they could be a part of. That's motherhood. But I don't tell them every one of my sad, traumatic moments. Instead, I invite them into a story of their capacity to be who they are, into their power, into their goodness. Because I've done my work. Because I know how to live out of a new skill instead of repeating old patterns. It's possible. Your childhood, your hurt your pain, your secrets, what you've held on to, what you can't forget and wish you could, all of that is possible to have changed through their micro shift of believing that you are capable of seeing yourself accurately and through a positive lens, through an accurately positive lens. The truth is you're good. That's the truth. And everything else needs to fall away if it doesn't align with that truth. The rest of the story needs to fall apart so that the true core narrative can sustain. The macro narrative is that you are good, you belong to good, you have always been good, you will always be good. There is good life and good relationships and good jobs and good bosses and good experiences and good community to be had. Now, not later, not next year, not next New Year's. Now, through tiny yeses, through cosmic nods, through, through an internal agreement, I want that. I want to see clearly. And I want to tell you from my own journey to here, from a little girl who suffered every form of abuse, who fantasized about taking her own life, I have walked a painful road. I have lived a thousand lifetimes, it feels like. I have sat across from people for tens of thousands of hours hearing their own journey to hear. And this is what I know. One, it's already within you. There is no magic trick here, you guys. There's no disappearing act. The objective is to help you accurately and clearly see you and help you take up all your space and enjoy the you that you are. 
sometimes we need someone to help us do that. Because we've gotten so used to how things are, we forgot who we actually are. We believe the distortion. We live with broken reflections and crap everywhere, and we don't even notice. I often think it's like, for me, I feel like I was kind of growing up in a fun house, like in the, like the distorted mirrors. Like I feel like everywhere I looked, the reflection gave me something that was false. And, and I kept trying to fix myself in that broken mirror. You know the mirrors that like puff you out or make you super thin or make you squiggly or distort your head? And, and when you've been given that mirror your whole life, you need people to help you learn how to take that down and hold up the new mirror, an accurate mirror, and hold that with you as you begin to step out of that old false identity and realize that that was their distortion, not yours. And sometimes we need people to help us with that. I've woven in and out of this journey some parts of it on my own in my own self-study and self-work. Sometimes in good therapy, sometimes in (laughs) in okay therapy, sometimes in phenomenal group work, often and almost always in the big long intensives where the real work of relationship sets in. But I've needed people to guide me. I've needed them to see my blind spots. You know, it's like when you get so used to the the thing being there, we tend to like just make do. We tend to like look around the crack and we, and we forget that it's even there until someone else gets in the car and they're like, oh, your windshield's cracked. And you're like, oh yeah, right. I forgot that was a couple years ago. I stopped seeing it because I looked at it every day. That's the thing. We need people. We need people to witness us. It's like that old like parable, like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, did it make a sound? I'm like, who cares? Like we, we, we need to be seen. We, we need to be witnessed. If the tree falls and, and no one's around to witness it, then does it matter? Being witnessed makes things real. That someone sees our transformation, our evolution, our work, it's inherent, you guys. We, just like my kids, want to be viewed, to be witnessed, to be known, to be seen, to be intimately adored in the truth of who we are. Kids are just more generous. When, when my son, Isaac, when he sees one of the other kiddos doing something, he gets so excited for them. He'll be like, great job, Judah. Judah, that was so good. And he's so full of giving them praise because he's so excited for their victory. Because he understands that their victory doesn't take away from his own because he lives in abundance. We need that as adults. That when we see someone doing something really brilliant, going to therapy, going on a retreat, taking time for them, practicing something healthy, to be like, yes, I love it. I love that for you. I love that you're doing that. It's not a threat when someone else gets healthy starts a new thing, how can we support you? Tell me more about that, how it's going. I want to know about your journey to that because, whoa, that's so cool that you're doing that, that you're learning that, that you're taking that on, that you're going to try that new thing. It doesn't take away from me. It's, It's better. I'm better when you're better. So, so concretely, you guys, think about what you need to see clearly 
Have you been on your own in this journey? Do you want to think about working with a specific person to help you see what you can't see because you're so used to the way it's been? A shameless and accurate plug, (laughs) Radical Wellness Collaborative. You guys, I hand-selected the very best people that I know who do this work because they're phenomenal human beings. Because they're brilliant in the work that they do. Because they have a, a love and a creative joy when it comes to their heart for helping people come home to themselves. We are a holistic group of people, which means that we all work collaboratively. So if you were working with us and you had one person as a therapist and one person as your Enneagram coach and and someone else as your embodiment coach, we all work together on your story and come alongside you and help you get across that finish line. So you don't have to keep repeating yourself and catching up each one of your providers. We do all that. And we help you from all these different angles, learn how to come home to yourself and begin a practice of living well that is who you are, not what you do. That it's an integrated sense of character building. These aren't macro changes. They are micro shifts. They're tiny yeses that we witness and say, hey, let's try this together. Sit down. Let's tr- let's try this together. Okay. Have you thought about that? Or what I noticed when I was talking to your therapist is that we, is that we thought maybe we could try this together this week. There is something that happens when we we are become more than the sum total of our parts, and when we all work together collaboratively and holistically, there's a different type of change that's occurring. It's brilliant to watch. I'm obsessed with watching the way that Radical Wellness Collaborative is growing, and the way in which people are experiencing change in a holistic and gracious way. I, y- yep. <laughs> you can look at that, www.radicalwellness.co. I just, I want to put that forward as a concrete way to consider doing your work. I believe in it with my whole heart. And I love being a part of it. The last concrete way that I'm going to, I want it to put forward for you when you think about you and going into this new year is doing a personal retreat. It's weekends on a wild woman retreat. I'm doing three experiences this year. Last year I did seven. And this year I'm going to fine tune it. There's 30 people that came last year to weekends. And when I watched each one of those persons like step over the threshold into their work, you guys, something shifted. I can't tell you the amount of emails and things that I have received from people saying, Elise, this changed my life. This is different now. I'm out of that relationship. I moved. I actually got that job. I, uh, I'm watching my parenting look different. My marriage is healthier than it's ever been. We ended up having that third child. Like, There's deep repair that happens when you come and do that deep work. It's not scary. There are normal people just like you who came to weekends. I think they're super, but they're normal people. They're normal people. I think sometimes we glorify people that are doing the other things, the big macro things, you know, kind of like where we started this podcast. That we see someone going to weekends and thinking like, that's so big, I could never do that. But it's a micro yes, it's a tiny commitment that says, I, I, I want that. I want to go there. I want to see what that's like. I want to be a part of that. I want to change my life. I'm capable of doing that. A tiny little micro shift towards that big macro life that we're after. 
life is good. <laughs> life is good. And helping you come home to your original glory is the purpose of my life. I want people to see themselves accurately and with so much love and then with the ability to know how to live in it and sustain in it and like walk it out. It's not enough to just think on it, right? We have to go beyond hoping that things are different. We need to step into a life that requires us to actually do something different so that we become different. It's legacy. And so that my kids will tell a different story and their kids will tell a different story and their kids will tell a different story. For the purpose of knowing that things really do get all the way better. So I want to invite you to think about joining me this year in March in North Carolina, in Texas in May, and in Bali, Indonesia for an entire week in October. I'm creating all new curriculum. I am bringing a ridiculously talented personal chef who's going to be cooking for us. The Sprouted Kitchen, you can check her out on Instagram, Sarah Fort. We're going to do something this year that's going to change lives. And I'm here for it. I hope that you are too. I, I hope you have a good rest of your week. I want you to think about your macro, your micro, and how to hold that in a place of non-dual positivity. How you can, within yourself, intimately affirm your goodness, your ability to give yourself good things, the tiny yeses. You're capable. You're wildly capable. Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.